Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Janice M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Monday. It is July 13th, 2015. Okay, um, today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page 97, and we're going to start on the last line for the type of alcoholic. And and today's readers are Janice B. for the 12 Steps, Nadia B. for the 12 Traditions, Terry H. will be our first reader for the text, Angela D., and Larry K. The share ID for for yesterday, which is Sunday, July 12, 2015, a wonderful special edition, and the number is 7822. That's 7822. Our OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Janice B. to please read the 12 steps. Star one to unmute, Janice. Good morning. This is Janice B. in Vermont. Thank you. Recovering Compulsive Overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And thank you, Janice B. I will now ask Nadia B. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Nadia B., recovered compulsive overeater in Connecticut. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group are never endorsed, finance, or lend their OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OAS as such ought to never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought to never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you. And thank you, Nadia B., how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. 
Okay, today we resume our study of the big book on page 97. And the first reader will be uh, reading two paragraphs, um, focusing on that second paragraph. We'll begin with, for the type of alcoholic. And we're going to ask Terry H. to please begin reading. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, A Vision for You. My name is Terry H. I'm recovered compulsive over you from Maine. For the type of alcoholic who is able and willing to get well, little charity in the ordinary sense of the word is needed or wanted. The men who cry for money and shelter before conquering alcohol are on the wrong track. Yet we do go to great extremes to provide each other with these very things when such actions is warranted. This may seem inconsistent, but we think it is not. It is not a matter of giving that is in question, but when and how to give. That often makes the difference between failure and success. The minute we put our work on a service plane, the alcoholic commences to rely upon our assistance rather than upon God. He clamors for this or that, claiming he cannot master alcohol until his material needs are cared for. Nonsense. Some of us have taken very hard knocks to learn this truth. Job and no job, wife or no wife, we simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of the dependence upon God. And I would just like to focus on um, this paragraph. is is powerful, um, but I'd like to just focus on some of us have taken very hard knocks to learn this truth. Job or no job, wife or no wife, we simply do not stop drinking as long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence upon God. And I can so totally identify with this um, job or no job. You know, I had a job that... You know, I worked in the bake department for 28 years, and, um, you know, I just kept telling myself a lie every day, you know. If I only had a different job, you know, that I, I could get, you know, I could stop eating. And, um, you know, the truth was, you know, I was in that job for, for 20 years, and out of the, you know, I, I, I came into program, you know, and been recovered, you know, got recovered eight of those years in, in the baker department, and, um, and so I know my truth. You know, my life depended upon finding this power greater than myself by which I could live um, and not, de- not not depending on um, material needs, you know, or, or people. And, you know, my first priority was, was to be, you know, to find this power. Um, and that's when things started changing for, you, for, for me because my mental and physical well-being, you know, only fought, was followed by my spiritual progress. And, um, you know, I've learned from this, this line that, if I had continued to place the cart before the horse, I would have never recovered. And um, I'm so grateful that this is not the truth, that um, it doesn't matter. I can have, um, as long as I have a power greater than myself, there's definitely hope. And um, that's where it all had to stop for me, was to put my reliance, stop putting my reliance on things and people and places. Um, so I'm grateful that um, this paragraph is really my truth today. I know my truth. And um it it really depends on having a power greater than myself to continue this journey and to start this journey. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Janice. And thank you so much, Terry H. Okay, we're going to open up the floor for um, sharing and concentration on that uh, second paragraph, It Is Not the Matter of Giving. Who would like to be first? Melissa C. Okay, we have Melissa C. And anybody else? Nessie. Okay. Sylvia. Nessa. Larry. Sylvia. Okay, Larry. 
Okay. Um, Sylvia, what is Katie G from Boston? Oh yes, okay. Katie G, Larry K. Okay. Sylvia, what is your last your first initial S. to your last name? I'm sorry? S as in Fox. Okay. And Nessa is T. Okay. We'll ask her when she gets up. Melissa C, please begin. Hi, good morning. This is Melissa C, a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. Um Claiming he cannot master alcohol until his needs are cared for. Nonsense. Some of us have taken very hard knocks to learn this truth. Job or no job, life or no wife. We simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence on God. And, um, you know, this reminds me of my magical thinking that I used to operate by, thinking that when a certain thing falls into place, I will magically be a person who is thin and able to control my food, eat normally, um, have all the things in place. Um, So I put my dependence on magic. I put my dependence on a magical diet, the perfect food plan, um, curbs, that was going to be the answer to my problem, the right sponsor, that was going to get me abstinent. Um, I tried therapy and counseling, and the more I depended on other people, the more I was ruled by my compulsion. Um, and I see now it's because all of those things are imperfect and they're all unreliable. And people disappoint me. Um, that's just a fact because my expectations are unrealistic and they're unobtainable. And so my addiction, um, you know, grew grew stronger because... Um, I, my need for everything to be perfect, for all the ducks to be in a row, um, gives me unrealistic expectations. And the only thing that I can absolutely rely on without fail is my higher power. Um, and with that is my acceptance for all the things that are not in place. Um, you know, I have to accept the hand I was dealt, the imperfect things around me, um, and that way I can work my program and stay in recovery. And, you know, I think about a sponsee that um, I've been, you know, working with for a long time. She reaches out and withdraws over and over and over. And, you know, recently she kind of shared with me, she's really waiting to commit once she figures out her marriage. Her marriage is in jeopardy. And when she figures it out, she thinks then she'll be able to, you know, get herself on track. Or when she's done with her master's program that she's working on, and all of these ways, um, she's relying on people. And I can see that rather than a higher power. But even that, I can only point her to the book, to this page. Um, but until one is really able to reach out for help without giving any conditions, there's little I can do. I can't save her because I can't even save myself. Um, but I rely on God. Um, and that's really what's transformed me. And it's kept me food sober. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Yes, and thank you, Melissa C. And Nessa, you're up. Nessa? Uh, this is Sylvia F. Hi, good morning. Okay, Hello? Sylvia, Sylvia, you'll be after Nessa. Okay, go ahead, Nessa. Sorry, I was I was unmuting. Um, my name is Nessa R., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, learning, learning how to give. Um, learning how to give. It is not a matter of giving that is the question, but when and how to give. And all my life, my manner of giving 
was to do for others what they could have done and should have done for themselves. You know, um, if somebody was unemployed and needed to look for a job, you know, I would do the resume, I would look in the newspapers, I would send the letters. If somebody needed to, um, um, you know, uh, study for an exam or for, for midterms or finals, I would, you know, do the schedule, what was going to be studied and when. I would tell them when to sit down. I would sit with them, go through, write questions for them. I cared more about all these things that they cared um, themselves. And that is not right. You know, these, you know, okay, maybe they're going to um, do, do well. Maybe they're going to accomplish what they should have accomplished. But it's not going to be a, 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 a change or, or, a, or anything that's going to stick. It's not going to be a permanent change in their personality. It's not going to really accomplish anything lasting for them. You know, we have to do for ourselves what we can do for ourselves. And, you know, that has been a big change for me uh, in learning also how to sponsor people. I cannot care about um, a person's recovery more than they care about their own recovery. Um, I cannot give willingness. All I can do is say, you know, I've been there. Uh, I have felt that. I have thought that. I have done that. And it didn't work for me, but this is what worked. And they have to want it for themselves. Uh, all I can do is live my life according to God-guided God principles and let the success of that kind of life be a role model. You know, when we work for something ourselves, you know, not only we cherish it more, but it becomes, um, it becomes permanent in us. It, become, it becomes ingrained in us. If it's forced upon us, you know, as soon as the, that force uh, is gone, the change is gone. It just—it it, it was all for naught. So learning how to give uh, for me has been uh, an incredible journey, uh, but a very, very worthwhile journey. Not only in program, but also my family, my fellows, my work. Uh, and with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Nessa. Uh, Sylvia F. It's your turn. Uh, good morning, visionaries. This is uh, Sylvia F. Covered. Uh, compulsive overeater in upstate New York, and sorry for jumping again. My uh, trigger finger on my mute doesn't work apparently very well. Uh, this is such a profound paragraph for me. Uh, the way I first experienced it was before I even got into program, where you know where they're talking about job or no job, wife or no wife. We simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence on God, and. You know that what what we're also talking about there, I think, besides the sponsorship, is that desperation again. When am I ready to do whatever is needed? And um, long before I came into program, and I was morbidly obese, and I had a young child, and uh, it was Thanksgiving, and I had hit desperation, and I was not a spiritual person at all. But for some reason, uh, it, the thought occurred to me on the Thanksgiving, my son was six months old, that I would fast that day and I would put these binge foods down. I would put sugar down. And I didn't even know anything about any of this. And so for me, that was my first God moment of, uh, of 
taking direction. It was a purse taking direction, not a spiritual person, had not been raised in any kind of organized religion or with any spirituality. And I put the food down, and I put it down for a lot of years, but I was still crazy. I was incredibly crazy. Um, And so then when we came here, and I got to, you know, I got to be anorexic. I got to be morbidly obese again over a period of years. I get, and I got to be crazy throughout. When I got back as a sponsee, when I came in, I had to come in desperate and just do what I was told. And also um, to be spiritually guided because, you know, not all of our sponsors, not all of us are perfect. And um, sometimes I would get some crazy messages of of things that I had to do by a sponsor, and I had to question that as well, and that also meant going back to God. So for me, my experience has been when I am a sponsee or a sponsor, it, it, uh, you know, this is such a complicated thing, but it does become clear uh, through desperation how to do this, how to put it down, how to pick up the steps, how to work what I need to do and get the relief I need to do. And also for me, this paragraph was great for getting my ego out of the way as a sponsor. I did not have to save anybody. I just had to follow the big book. I had to get my guidance. I had to go to God. And it was all going to work out. And if somebody didn't get recovered, that was not my business. All I had to do was do what I did and uh, and sponsor how I was sponsored. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Sylvia. And now, Larry Kay, it's your turn. Larry Kay, star one to unmute, please. We don't hear you, Larry. All right, let's get back to Larry. Kathy, Kathy, please go. Please. Go. Hi, this is Katie G. from Boston. Katie, Can you Katie. hear me? Oh, it's Katie. I'm sorry. Of course. I can't. Oh, no worries, yes. Dennis. It's all good. And yes, the phone's kind of being wonky. I had a hard time having to call back in. Anyway, Katie G. recovered, um, compulsive overeater, anorexic bulimic from Boston, Mass, calling in, grateful to be here Monday morning, absent and sober. Thank you, God. Um, I guess I just, uh, I think my fellow visionaries are doing such a great job, like specifically honing in, you know, saying, okay, so I'm only going to get absent if this and this happens. But I guess I just also want to comment on like this magical thinking, right? So like I'm recovered today from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And what does that mean? Like, I don't want the food. I don't, I don't crave it. Thank you, God. And um, I get agnostic in certain areas of my life and with money, with work, um, with my male relationships, like I have areas in which I don't trust God. And I have to be honest by saying like I'm grateful to have this reminder today that external circumstances don't serve me. And what I see is in my own step 10 during the day or step 11 at night is lies that I tell myself, like the iffy thinking, right? Like if I had what you had, I wouldn't feel the way I feel. So if I had another year of recovery, another day of abstinence, if I had your husband, not my boyfriend, if I had your job, not my job, if I had your money, 
not my money. And what that thinking does, right, like when I, when I catch it, what that thinking does, it leads me right back to self-pity. And, and essentially, it's, this, it's just a higher level of this thinking, this, this icky thinking that this like, okay, well, I will do that <laughs> when I get the stuff. And what do, what do we read? The A, B, C, A, I am a food addict, compulsive overeater. I cannot manage my own life. And B, no human power, no human power. And C, that God can and will if he is God. I have to seek him. I have to press into God and lean into God. And, you know, as a recovered woman today, thank you, God, that works for me. But I would be lying if I would say that there are not times I don't fall short and start thinking, hey, you know what? She's got it a lot easier. And that, for me, is the essential reason why this is a dynamic program of recovery. I am recovered and I am never cured. I need all of you on this line today. The ones that ate last night and binged your brains out, welcome. There is a solution and it is a power greater than you and it's not a person. And the ones that didn't binge your brains out, welcome. Come do step 10 with me today. Stay in recovery. Let's do this for another day because guys, you know, no matter what my external circumstances are, Excuse me, and I'm learning this more and more and deeper and deeper every day. Like my my trust and reliance on God has to come first because otherwise I'm going to be back in the food and I've got to watch the thinking. I've got to watch the lies and fears that want to take over and ultimately have eating be a step up. So what a privilege and an honor, and I am so grateful to be with all of you today and to know that um, this is my disease of the mind, and, and God will cure me one day at a time. And with that, I pass. And thank you so much, Katie G. Larry, did you get unmuted? <laughs> I did. Janice, how are you? Thanks so much. Uh, Larry K. recovered compulsive here from Chicago. So we hear this, um, you know, and I can hear this all day long, but you, you know what I needed? I needed Janice. See, Janice is, play with me here, Janice. You know, she's, first, she's the foremost expert in nutrition in the world. She's also the top sponsor in OA, you know, because she, <laughs> she's, nat- she's nationally ranked by the, the World Service Organization, uh, you know, 20 years running, an encyclopedic knowledge of the big book. Yeah. Um, she, and she received the highest score on that ballot test on love tolerance and acceptance that's what i need is janice because she's going to solve my problem and janice knows i'm being facetious of course as you do that no it it, it was never about you know the sponsor it was no human being could relieve me sure we needed others god has a way of speaking to me through other people and and you know how great if someone has been through this this process this this program of action and it has, you know, uh, had this been fully restored to sanity. Well, who better to, to take us through this process? But what I love about this paragraph is that, you know, what, what I've taught is that I have to place my trust in infinite God rather than my finite self or finite others. So the fundamental question for me is, you know, what actions can I take today that serve to demonstrate my trust and reliance upon my higher power. I mean, as much as I want to trust Janice, and, and you know, we, we have to operate from a perspective that suggests that, you know, we'll, you know, that we'll, we'll see it when we believe it first. 
and it was that shift in trust in the face of the you know the murky muddy waters of life you know and the suffering that you know yes i still had to trust place my trust in god and uh and that and that god that higher power of my own understanding never failed uh, never failed me even when i was suffering um Anyways, thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Yes, thank you, Larry. You know, I'm going to have Angela D. start the uh, second paragraph because it kind of coincides with what we just read, so we can continue. Please, Angela D., the second paragraph. Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you. I know. Okay. Angela D. from Upper Westchester is so blessed that I'm here today. I thank everybody that spoke. Ditto, ditto. The the shares are... Oh, thank you, God. Okay, here we go. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone, anyone. The only condition is that he trust in God and clean house. Oh, burn it. Throw it back into the fire. You ain't getting nowhere, Angela. No human being can help you. It's not possible. You have an impossible situation. It's incurable. No one can help you but God and his 12 steps. So burn the idea that from now on in your life that you can't depend on anybody, anything, any circumstance. Only God's power can get you through the 24-hour day. Only God's power and his steps. What a privilege. His steps. This is the how-to-do book. And the way you can walk and the way you can talk and the way you can think. So burn it, Ange. Get it into the fire. Let it smoke. Let it disintegrate. And with that, I'll pass. Well, thank you so much, Angela. Okay, we're going to open it up for sharing. Would, who would like to be first here? Reba David. Sue L. I see. Okay, I hear Reba P. I hear Rakefsit, I believe. Renata. Yes. And Du. I hear Du. I hear Renata. Did I miss somebody? Lonnie P. Who is it? Oh, yeah. Lonnie P. Lonnie P. And Vass. Mary D. Okay, we'll hold on, um, Mary, and you'll be next. We'll on the next group. Okay, Reva P. You're up. Good morning. This is Reva P. Recovering compulsive overeater in Toronto. Wow. You know, if I didn't get the message in the paragraph above, um, it's restated in a stronger way right here. And for me, this is a huge reminder that I tend to live in the if-onlys, and if only such and such in my external life was such and such, then life would be great. And I can do that even in abstinence. Um, So thank you, God, for steps 10, 11, and 12. So this reminds me that not only does the if-only not work, but it prevents me from living It postpones my life to some future magical time when everything will be great if only people, places, and things in the outside environment would just be the way I think they should be. 
So here I am in step 12 where I've developed and continue to develop my relationship with a higher power. And this reminds me, not only is that thinking totally wrong that I need to burn the idea that it's wrong, um, but it doesn't work and it makes me miserable. Um, so if I want to live in the present in my 24-hour allotment of life, um, I need to um, stay in touch with my higher power. Um, it also reminds me something I heard someone share at a, a meeting that, you know, I tend to tell my higher power how big my problems are. And I've got this and I've got money problems and job and this and that and whatever. But instead, I can tell my problems how huge and almighty and powerful my higher power is. And that just changes my whole energy. So it's all about continuing to develop that relationship and deep trust, even when it's something so scary and so close to my heart that's not the way I think it should be. Um, that's what it's about for me right now in program. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you for sharing, Reva P. Okay, is it Rakefet Z? Yes. Yes, uh -huh. good morning. Go ahead, Rakefet. Thank you, Jen. This is Rakefet Z, recovered from Pulsive Overeater in California. And I had to learn this the hard way. I had to learn that nobody, no human person, was going to fix me the hard way. I came into away over 17 years ago and for the first 15 I was looking for that person that was going to fix me I was always looking for someone to fix me usually it was a sponsor that wasn't mine I wanted the best sponsor that was going to fix me I was convinced I was obsessed about this I went through sponsors because no, none of them ever fixed me that and that's what I expected from a sponsor so um, when I came into a vision for you, I, I had a few fumbles in the beginning, but then I got to a place where I was so desperate. I could not stop eating. I could not. My back was against the wall. Nothing, nothing was going to help. Nothing was helping. And I knew, it took me 15 years to realize that the only person that can help me is God. Only my higher power is going to help me stop eating. I, I finally, finally accepted that, that no human person was going to fix me. And I got abstinent, and I was abstinent for three weeks before I even started looking for a sponsor. And I had never, ever, in the 15 years I was in OA, been abstinent when I was without a sponsor. If I didn't have a sponsor, well... Every you know, all bits are off. I can eat whatever I want because when I get my new sponsor, she's going to fix me. But no, I came to realize that that is not going to work. That only God. I really had to come down on my knees and accept that no person can fix me. This problem is bigger than any man can fix. And now when um, <clears throat> people call me to to sponsor, looking for a sponsor. I ask them, well, what are your expectations from a sponsor? What do you need in a sponsor? And when they answer, <clears throat> I need a sponsor to keep me on track to make sure I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do that was going to push me, you know, I, I have to explain I'm not that sponsor because you have to want it more than anything else in the world and want to do the work. 
want to stay on top of things, want to do everything you need to do to stay abstinent and be on the road to recovery because I can't I can't make you do anything. I'll fail. I'll fail you as, as, a, as a person because I can't fix you. So um, I'm just so grateful today. I am so grateful to be abstinent, to be recovered, to be growing in recovery, and that's all thanks to my higher power. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. And thank you, Rekhefet Z. Okay, Duell, you're up. Duell, please. Good morning. This is Duell, Recover Compulsive Overeater. Thank you so much here for your service, Janice. Um, yeah, burn into the idea, uh, into the consciousness of every man that he can get well, regardless of anyone. And it reminds me of the fact that when cattle are being branded, they take this iron stick and they burn it with the fire and they, they press it against the skin and it burns right into the skin and it's a permanent mark. It is something that stays with you for the rest of your life. And when I hear this, burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone, it means just that. That I need to know that my reliance and my service plane, and I love what what the previous paragraph said, the minute we put our work on the service plane, the alcoholic commences to rely on our assistance rather than upon God. And I remember thinking, wow, you know, that applies for me, too, as a sponsor. As soon as I think, well, I can't stay recover unless I'm working with others. And, you know, that's, that's true. That's part of it. But that's not the whole truth of that. The whole truth is that my reliance has to be on God. My reliance, people will always fail me. That's why it says, do not put your reliance upon people. Put your reliance upon God. You know, because people will always fail me. They're imperfect. God's not. You know, so I have to always remember that um, when I am seeking advice or when I am seeking for practicality in my life, my sponsor's not it. It has to be God. And I'm always reminded of that because when I come to my sponsor and I'm asking and I'm seeking from her answers, the first thing she tells me is pray to God for three days. And I know a lot of times myself will intercede in that. And I'll come back three days and I'm like, well, I didn't get an answer from God, so I want your answer now. And she's like, well, if you didn't hear anything from God, pray another week. And then after another week, if I don't hear an answer from God, she'll tell me, pray for a month. See, and in that way, I'm learning to rely on God rather than my sponsor. I'm learning to rely on his power and his insight rather than seeking for human wisdom. And, you know, and, you know, a lot of times uh, I can't get the answer and she'll say, well, take a guess, take a guess and see what God, what you think God is trying to tell you. And usually when I put myself on that service plane of God rather than human, I get the answer. God, God answers the answers for me. So um, I, I really like this. It says the only condition is that he trusts God in clean house. And that's, that's what the steps are there for, to teach me and show me how to depend on God rather than humans. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Duel. Renata G., it is your turn. 
Thank you, Janice. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is Renata G., recovered compulsive read in New York. Born the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trusts God and clean house. And, uh, you know, I know for me, like I've said on the line many, many times, I came to this program with a belief in a higher power. I believed in God. But I did not trust God, you know, because I have not experienced God. You know, I believed in a God, but then I went and did everything my way. I did, I lived my life in my own self-will. And so, you know, the way I could develop a trust in God was by working the steps, you know, one by one. Especially, you know, the, the action steps, steps four through nine. You know, there is no way... I, I had the courage to do step four on my own. You know, my finance self was not enough. I did not have enough integrity to do step five, you know, enough willingness and humility to do step six and seven. And, you know, um, enough, uh, you know, love for others and a desire to be just, you know, to, to repair the harms I've done. I really needed to rely and trust on God on each step. And that built this, you know, relationship that I have with my higher power today. You know, on, you know, in reference to the, the previous paragraph, it says, you know, that I need to put my dependence upon God and not other people, you know, and I looked up the tenants on the dictionary and it says, the state of relying or being controlled by someone or something else, you know, and I, I definitely put my, my dependence upon food, you know, before coming to this program, whenever I felt any kind of, like, overwhelming emotions, whenever life was happening, I I was very quick to go to the food because I really trusted that that would solve my problem. And it did, you know. It did for a while. It really did. It would numb me out and I wouldn't feel anything else. But then, you know, the periods of time that I had relief from whatever was going on in my mind was, like, shorter and shorter. You know, 10 seconds, 5 seconds, to the point that there was just misery. It wasn't working anymore. And so I had to find something else, you know, someone else to trust and rely on. And, you know, I came to this program, and at first it was the meetings. It was the sponsor. You know, and then I had to to to, to realize that I needed this step. I needed the spiritual solution. I had to be willing to place my trust in a higher power. And um, with that, I pass. Thanks. Well, thank you, Renata. Uh, Lonnie P., it's your turn. Janice, is it me, Bassa? Hi. Oh. Hi, this yes. is Lonnie P. Okay. Please go ahead, Lonnie. Uh, thank you. Um, recovered Compulsive Overeater in Florida. Uh, this reading today, these paragraphs, everybody shares are just so spot on. And, you know, like others have said before me, what an incredible reminder. What an incredible reminder. And I'm reminded a lot this past week or so of, you know, what happens when I'm not totally relying on God um, and I'm starting to rely on self or others then life starts to feel unmanageable, you know. So I'm so grateful for those 
nudges and wake-up calls to tell me to stop, slow down, reconnect, um, and trust God. You know, and like somebody said, you know, before, I think it was Katie, um, you know, I completely trust in God in certain matters, and then I don't in other matters. And like recently, it's like I've been, you know, going to school, working on a certification, and beginning to build a business to eventually do full-time, and I have been reliant on myself, and I've been reliant on others to have the perfect logo, the perfect business card, the perfect website, et cetera, et cetera, and making myself crazy. Um, So I'm getting so many nudges from God um, in this past week and in today's shares you know, and I'm so grateful for the beauty of this program that God comes in all ways, you know, and steers me back on, you know, the path that, you know, that I can continue to be on the broad highway with others. You know, tomorrow's one year of recommitted recovery and abstinence for me and a very new recovery since I've been on this phone line. And, but I'm not cured. I'm not cured, and I could so easily rest on my laurels um, and end up back in the food. So, but I, I get these messages loud and clear, and and I'm grateful for them and beyond grateful for, for this meeting. So thanks for letting me share, and with that, I pass. And thank you so much, Lonnie. Vasa, it is your turn. Vasa, oh. Thank you, Jenna. Sorry for the interruption. I was muting and unmuting. I couldn't hear. But anyways, good morning, everyone. I'm grateful to be recovered compulsive overeater calling from Massachusetts. And I came to the end of me. The food was not doing it for me anymore. No one, not myself or no one human power could make me abstinent or get me well. Just so grateful that the Lord, uh, that I was led into this um, program and the directions, and and everything's right here in the big book. And, um, you know, I remember my sponsor said, just read it, just read it, you know. She couldn't spend hours and hours and hours to explain to me. And I was eager. I could not wait to read the book. Excuse me. But I was chasing, you you know, the food. I had been chasing, you know, my happiness. If only some people, if they just understand me, I will be happy. If they do what I want them to do, I will be happy. If I had the right husband, I'd be happy. If I had the house, I'd be happy. If I had the boy, then I wanted a girl. So, you know, yeah, those things, it was a survival, you know. It got me through things, you know. And I'm just so grateful that I had all those things, but there was always I wanted more. There was always something missing, well, yeah, you know, the relationship with my higher power I didn't have. And I loved it, the last paragraph, burned the idea into the conscientious of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house. And I was so desperate, and I was just so, so desperate, and I was ready and willing to surrender and just to, you know, just to look to something or somebody, I was tired of being sick and tired. And I remember saying to my sponsor, 
I will just surrender to God. I'll surrender to the program. I'll surrender to anybody. As long as I don't have to keep on doing this by myself, I am tired. And this was the answer to my problem. It really was trusting and relying with the food at the beginning and gradually with my life and my will. And, uh, yeah, and cleaning house, you know, yeah. I didn't just do the three steps. I can't, he can, I'll let him, but I needed to do the work, you know, and and do the steps the way they're laid out. A clean house. I was a compulsive cleaner. I cleaned my house. was always spotless, you know. My husband complained about that. I remember people, you know, I remember, what are they talking about? Cleaning house? My house is the cleanest house in the neighborhood. I didn't know the cleaning the inside of myself. And God, you know, was showing me, and you were showing me, and I could identify to all of you. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Okay, thank you, Vassaro. We have time for probably two more. Who I think Mary, were you next? Did you want to Sarah, yeah. Was there a Mary first? Hi, this is Mary. Yes, we're going to have Mary. And did I hear you, Sarah W.? You did. Okay, Mary, please go ahead. Hi, this is Mary G. from Michigan. Um, thank you, everyone, who are on the line today. I just, uh, I've read this more than a few times, and uh, it just, why, why doesn't this stuff stick? Why doesn't this stuff stay? I don't know, Um, but just the idea that I, it hit me that I do, I crave and I desire to have someone tell me what to do, and I have relapsed many, many times, and I always look for that program or that sponsor or that one particular person who can tell me what to do. Um, Not that I don't have a spiritual program or any kind of a practice, because I do. It's sporadic, but I do have a dialogue with a God of my understanding but putting God first, I don't think I hardly ever do that. It just astounds me. I'm sitting here just going, I, I don't do that. I don't go to God first. I don't take these things, these life things, my abstinence to God first. It's not my knee-jerk reaction. My knee-jerk reaction is to find that person and I've heard before that I want a, I want a God with skin on. No, and I do. <laughs> and I realized I think I'm kind of lazy. I must be pretty lazy or something that this has not clicked for me. So um, thanks to everyone this morning because it's been a, re, uh, a realization for me. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to hold on to this realization, but uh, I'll take it to God. God, (laughs) I'll take it to God. (laughs) So um, thanks again, everybody. Okay, thank you, Mary G., for your your sharing. Okay, Sarah W., you are up. Uh, Good morning, Janice. Thank you for your service. Uh, Good morning, everyone. Sarah W., grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. 
the thought that comes into my mind when we read this, uh, the preceding paragraph on this, um, is really that it's all about um, surrender, uh, humility, and trust. And um, most of us don't trust anybody, and we're, most of us are big control freaks, uh, myself included. And I, I guess for me, what it really is about is it's about the idea that I can trust, and I like to use a power greater than myself because I think so many people have agnostic and atheist ideas, and so um, sometimes that, that God word can make it difficult for people. Um, and so I, I just would like to say that trusting in a higher power doesn't mean that I'm going to get my way. And I think that's the lie that we all have, that God or higher power is only working when I get what I want. And that is not true, because I don't know what's best for me. And oftentimes in my recovery, in all honesty, the worst of the worst that I think is happening has brought me to the best of the best. It has had me grow spiritually uh, in, in such a way that I could not have done that any other way, and it has brought me to such greater joy than I ever would have known. So I think it's just really surrendering for me. And as far as the, the other paragraph, just the one thing I would say is that all about discernment, you know, I have to discern how to give. And they're really talking about service, so I'm not looking to get something from my helping somebody. I'm not looking to receive. I'm truly looking to give without any thought of what you're going to give back, or what I'm going to get back. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Sarah. I think we have a couple more minutes. Would somebody like to wrap it up? Ooh, don't waste. Anybody want to share? Okay. Um, let me just say, my name is Janice, and I am a recovered, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. You know, I had so many excuses, so many excuses, but, you know, I did have a sponsor, and um, I'm not blaming anybody except myself that I trusted that sponsor to the hilt, and I got very, very, very disappointed. That's my experience. Why? Because I didn't rely on my higher power enough. I did have a higher power, whom I choose to call God, but I really kind of trusted her, him, and, um, you know, and, and that wasn't where the reliance should be. You know, I came into the fellowship because I, I kind of trusted, you know, OA. Then I got to trust people. Then I got to trust a sponsor. Then they told me to do the steps, so I started trusting in that. And that's when I find a, how a, a higher power, when I find a, a higher power to give me the results and then, it just was practice, 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 and it always, you know, just just grew from there. So with that, I'm going to close for this wonderful meeting, and thank you to everyone that shared. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Well, Larry Kay, please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thanks, Janice. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.